Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse so you don't have to. And this week we see if we can cheat death and make it to a sequel. Ooh. I'm Johnny. I'm Shane. I think I had a better opening before, but that was close enough. <laughs> so this week we're going to try and outrun the Grim Reaper himself. Well, how do you know it's a him, Shane? That's very, very unwoke of you. They? I think they. I think gender neutral pronoun. Though I have a theory about this movie, which I'll share with you later as we get into it. Right. I look forward to it. Uh, So if anybody hasn't guessed from those clues and the the name of the episode, uh, we are doing Final Destination. Oh, yeah. Which was a a recommendation I threw out uh, asking for recommendations for horror movies to do for Halloween, because we're in the Halloween season. Uh, I threw it out on Twitter, and I got something like 20 responses uh, of loads of stuff. Uh, Callum suggested Final Destination, so uh, that was a pretty good one. But there was, like, there was so many good suggestions. I was just like, oh, we should have just done a horror movie podcast. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can adjust a little bit. I um, This came out in 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have been 15, probably, when it came out. Just, like the age demographic this movie is aimed at like it's just yeah, yeah. perfect like, having watched it the other night i was like man this movie is just aimed at like 15 to 17 year olds which the characters aren't meant to be 17 i it might not have been this but i'm pretty sure this was a film i went to with a group of people where we bought tickets for another film because i was probably like 13 14 oh yeah we bought tickets for something else so as we could get into this Oh, because, yeah, they wouldn't let you in because it was 18s or Yeah. It might have only been 15. No, I'd say it, what, what, it could have actually been 18s here because it's fairly... No, there's no no, there's no sex, actually. So, yeah, it was probably 15s. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you have one if you have one friend with you that looks 13, you're screwed. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I remember going to... Uh, what was it? We were going to go see Congo or something like that. And it was, like, my mate's um, 12th birthday. And Darren, who's been on our podcast, he does dinosaur, he's done Jurassic Park episodes and stuff with you. Mm. And he was only 11. And we were with the guy's mum. And of course, yeah. the guy behind the counter goes, and is everyone 12? And she turns around and went, oh, well, Darren's only 11. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't, uh, you can't bring him into the movie then. And uh, so we all ended up going to see uh, Star Kid, <laughs> which is this, this like, movie about a kid who finds an alien parasite and it's the kid from Jurassic Park and we were all so mad at his mum <laughs> but like she didn't even come in with us you know what I mean like she drove us there bought our tickets and then she went off shopping for two hours kind of thing and then collected us afterwards and stuff and we sat but like we just sat in the movie being like so annoyed you know kind of. yeah and, yeah. Um, and Congo was then sold out so it wasn't like we could go across the hall I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to correct you on something here yeah. It wasn't Congo. It was Dante's Peak. Oh, it was, because I told this story. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know an even funnier part? Because I, I was thinking, which film? Because I, I knew you told this on an episode. And I was like, what did we cover? And I was like, I think it's Dante's Peak. I better just search that on IMDb to yeah. uh, to <laughs> check that that came out in 1997. Oh, the yeah. same year Star Kid did, just to make sure I had the right one. 
And yeah. amazingly, if you search Dante's Peak on IMDb, yeah. this, the first result is Dante's Peak. The second result is Dante's Peak TV episode, Disaster Artists Podcast. No way. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling that story. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, I think it's just the, it's just the, the listing of our episode on it. But yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's funny that that's the second result on IMDb for Dante's Peak. That's hilarious. Just to, to stick with our, our youth, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. There was something that did, when I rewatched this the other night, there was something that did occur to me. The main character, Alex, he looks both like his haircut, just like his face, kind of, and his... Do you know what I'm about to say? I think so, yeah. He looks like you looked when I first met you. That's kind that of what I looked up. like when I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> now I was 20. Um, oh, no. Yeah. You'd have been 21. I was 20, 21, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I probably still look like that. Yeah. I had that hair. I had that hairstyle. Yeah. I'd, you'd have been 20. I'd have been 19. Yeah. I think so. I just don't recall being to your 21st, which means you didn't invite me. Um. I was trying to figure this out when we met, and I think um, no, I think I would have been already twenty-one. I think I was uh, twenty-one. You just turned, say, maybe. It was twenty-one in the summer, and then we met like September, start of college. I right, think. and I'm my birthday's October, so I was I was just turning twenty. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what that it makes sense. Yeah. And I I said to someone on Discord today that it was thirteen years ago, which means it was fourteen years ago, because then it was like two thousand and six. Oh. Yeah. Where are you going to take me for our anniversary? It's way past it now, Johnny. Parrot, well, 15-year anniversary I was going with. <laughs> we'll do something big for the 15. Yeah, we'll go to Paris, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Final Destination, for uh, people who haven't seen it, though I would strongly suggest like hitting pause and watching it, because it's, it's good, clean fun. It It is. <laughs> It's it's like not it, it, it's not Citizen Kane. It's no, it's definitely not. It's it it's barely like a film, really. Like it's an extended kind of joke. Yeah, yeah. Though I will give it one thing. Like it is direction wise, like how how everything's blocked out and the shots and everything, fantastic. Um, weirdly, only when it gets into it, like the opening, like the beginning, the first, whatever, like eight, nine minutes up to the point where the plane explodes is terrible. It's like really badly shot and edited and just really like it's I'd swear it was a bunch of reshoots done by a different director by the studio or something like it's just um, it feels like a completely different movie or it was an intentional tone change or something. I don't know. I know there's a few like when they go and. <laughs> When they go and take a shit together, like the camera moving over the stalls, that's a pretty good <laughs> that's, shot. That's pretty fun. That's really fun. And I moment. do like the yeah, when your man just pops up, we gotta go take a shit. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But and like I like that. Oh, they do an opening shot of him in when the main character's in bed, the very opening, and there's like this shot, oh, a lot of stuff that there's going to be a callback to later, where like yeah, yeah. the close up of the model plane, and then you and the fan. I thought that was all kind of nice, and like it's a callback to Apocalypse Now. Yeah, the, the fan it was. Stuff. I th I think what annoyed me was the five minute credit sequence of random shit in his bedroom at the start. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's all. That's all. That's like the time. comes back later. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I never thought of uh, the apocalypse night stuff. That's really interesting. 
Yeah, the the repli- Well, I don't know if they're exact replications. Is that a word? But th- there's a few shots that's very similar to when Captain Willard's in his bed at the start of yeah. Apocalypse Now, and they're in the notebook. I think the last shot is like the, like the teenage thing where he has like loads of song lyrics on his notebook, and one of yeah. them is the lyrics to "This Is the End." Ah, okay. It's but I don't know why they're referencing Apocalypse now. Really, like it's a tenuous link that oh, well, <laughs> Marilyn Brando said, asks Willard, has he ever seen death at one point? That, that's the really <laughs> only link. For a second, I was like, wait, I, I blanked and was like, wait, did Jim Morrison die in a plane crash? But no, <laughs> no. That was Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Oh, but they are going to Paris. That's true. Yeah, I suppose. But anyway, into the film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, we begin with. Uh, High school students, main character Alex Browning, Browning, I think is his name. Because yeah. I think all the characters are named after her movie directors. Oh, okay. So Todd Browning, I, is it Todd Browning? Yeah, the, he directed the Bella Lugosi, Dracula, and Freaks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's them arriving at JFK Airport for a class trip to Paris. Just like, and they're all clearly like a pu- public school. Like, I, I don't, do public school students go on those trips regularly? Because like they're, it's just part of the French club. Like they're with their French teachers. It's not like just yeah, a yeah. normal school trip. But well, they're not. Um, they don't exactly come from like they're. It's just the small town school, so it's everyone from that town, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I. Keep, I was just thinking like, are they in New York City? But no, they're just going to JFK Airport. But they're from like the suburbs, you'd imagine. Yeah, it's not a an inner city school. You know what I mean? Or it's. Uh, but yeah and there's not like there's not a whole lot of setup like it's just t- very typical you know students going on a on a class tour we see a lot of like familiar faces from that era stifler from yeah. uh, american pie <laughs> and then the jock guy is one of the actors from dawson's creek um, yeah yeah he was he's jack from dawson's creek i don't it. even i didn't even look that up i just know that for some reason oh, yeah, i couldn't think of the character's name and he's in that. cruel intentions too <laughs> I bet okay. you didn't even know there was a Cruel Intentions too. I did not, which is funny because the other guy from Dawson's Creek is in Cruel Intentions 1. Joshua Jackson, who was yeah. Casey in Dawson's yeah. Creek. You know what the funny thing is? I don't think I've ever even seen a full episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I just meant to say you know way too much about Dawson's Creek. Which is the right age. Those, yeah. no, it was on before, like I think I've seen like the last five minutes of every episode just because it was on like before something it was on before oz or something like yeah that. <laughs> the teen drama was on before the violent prison show <laughs> but actually what is the actor who plays stifler i think i do know his name sean something oh sean, sean scott. william scott sean william scott yeah. yeah he he's not in this much but he's actually quite good in it because he, he's very against type already which I forgot about. Like yeah. he plays like he plays I mean, a real innocent sort of nice guy. He's kind of a he's the most um, normal everyman character in a way because yeah, he's yeah. he like when we first see him he's in like I think it's a hockey jersey. Um, so like he's not like the nerd or geeky guy. He's not the outcast. He's just a regular guy in school who's into sport and. You know, is yeah, but he's friends in the girls. Is kind of friends. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have one. He's not a jock. close friend. He's not part of any clique or a jock. Yeah, exactly. He's just he's seventy percent of the high school people are like that. Do you know what I mean? And then there's the cliques of the 
is the it girl, the cheerleaders, and according to movies anyway. But yeah, he he's the only non movie yeah, yeah. sort of character or non this era movie character. He's, he's the most yeah non stereotypical character, I guess. But he's also bare, not in it much, like yeah. Which it was this before American Pie or after? Um, I think after. Probably shot the same year or something. Yeah, I think American Pie was ninety nine. This was two thousand, yeah, and American Pie was ninety nine. Yeah. So he'd done. He'd already done American Pie. So probably the most famous person in it. Yeah, actually, it's weird that he wasn't the lead, but maybe they only had him for like two days or something. Yeah. But it could have been like a scream sort of Drew, Drew Barrymore thing, where he was like there was another character that was a bit more against type so he just wanted that thinking it might help oh, yeah, him get he, other roles in the future and, and he was a face they could put in the poster now saying that the main character alex was probably more recognizable to most people i i was watching it thinking i don't think i've ever seen him in anything ever except well, you've this. seen him in one massive thing what's that the video for stan he's stan in the eminem video oh really yeah which one of the most famous music videos of that era, anyway. Ah, no way. And was that, that, that came out before this, did it? Um, it might have been after. It might, but I think it would have been around the VHS release, maybe. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing the poster for Final Destination in my video store and realizing, oh, that's the guy from Stan. That's really funny. That was such a big video. Yeah, like Stan could, that could have been maybe 2001 but no it was 2000 so same year ah okay but of course a music video turns around very quickly oh yeah but by the time it gets to theaters and people are seeing it like yeah yeah. final destination that's mad uh, stan was christmas number one so it was probably released around this time you'd imagine final destination was released around halloween (laughs) while you're talking about music in this movie there's twice where um, there's these terrible, terrible songs that were clearly written for the movie mm. being played. Um, and I think it's both times in the guy's car, uh, the jock guy's car. <laughs> yeah. Like there's one point where they're pulling up just before the bus the bus hit, where they're all sitting outside the cafe. And, stuff. and it's the, the, he's playing the song called Final Destination. And it's just this terribly shitty, like 80s style rock song and it does not belong in the movie yeah it's, and it's just like i'll meet you at the final, final destination, destination. <laughs> yeah. it's terrible and then there's another one later on where they're like in the car again and um like like it's or it's a different verse of the same song or something i don't know yeah but it's just that same st- it's like the, the same artist got another song in for the movie like and it's insane considering a huge and like one of the biggest plot points of the film revolves around a john denver song i know yeah but then everything else is going to be absolute shit yeah (laughs) but anyway a really good john denver song yeah yeah is there such thing as a bad john denver song (laughs) do you know what i did during that moment i went oh i must must add a john denver to my spotify playlists you know I was singing a John Denver song to myself when you came online tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just, oh, geez, I hope Shane didn't hear me. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so we haven't even gone into it. So the main main character, Alex, is he... Um, they're on the plane, and then the plane uh, crashes and explodes, and they're all killed. And then suddenly it's... Alex has, has had a fever yeah. dream. At a point that makes no sense. 
Well, uh, we, we went through that very quickly. To get, yeah. I think we should slow that down a little. He he gets on the plane. He takes yeah. a seat. Nor everything's normal. And as he's drifting off to sleep, two of his classmates wake him, asking him to trade. And he apply, obliges and sits with his friend Todd instead. Yeah. And he takes. Uh, oh yeah, when he takes the seat, he like there's bubble gum on his seat. He ends up sitting on, and then like the the dining table at the back the, of the seat, of the tray, yeah, yeah, it's yeah broken. that's broken. It's just nice that the way to mention that stuff because obviously it becomes crucial to the plot in only a few minutes, but also it plants a seed that the plane itself might not be in good condition, which yeah, I, I really yeah. liked. Obviously, a broken food tray isn't a big deal, but. Oh no, I suppose, and at the start, like, he's he's looking at the front of the plane at the window, and it's got, like, lots of pop marks on it, and then when they're getting on the plane, the, the sides of the plane around the door that you see when you're going through the walkway yeah, yeah. thing, you can see, like, it's all damaged and stuff. Yeah, like, when you can see through the little gap yeah. between the walkway and the plane, because that, that's the shit that makes me feel yeah. really uncomfortable. I have no problem, I, I like flying, but getting on a plane and seeing that, I just would feel... Yeah pretty bad about it. even stepping into a tr- onto a train i don't like seeing underneath it because you're like that's where the dead is <laughs> <laughs> but I, so like to your point you were saying earlier i think that's definitely where it starts to be really well made like those little hints oh okay yeah. Um, yeah but anyway so then back to what you're saying shortly after that the plane takes off and that's where disaster disaster strikes yeah yeah, and it's a pretty good, like, it's one of the better uh, plane disaster scenes I've seen. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of um, a little bit of it, like, I, I feel like, because the overall plot of the movie is to just, or I suppose, <laughs> as you were saying, is it really a movie? It's more, um, you know, someone came up with a bunch of cool death scenes and then had to write a movie around them. <laughs> so the, yeah, yeah, this, but like, the, this, this is the idea they came to later. <laughs> but they're essentially uh, gags. So like, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah. you compare it to something like a great comedy, like Something About Mary. Something About Mary is one of the greatest comedies ever met. Yeah. Up there with Dumb and Dumber. But that's clear that there are people that just came up with a bunch of absolutely amazing jokes and then wrote a film around it. Yeah, and I think you have to. I think you have to look at something like Final Destination in the same regard. And I'm sure there's people that just don't like gore, don't like elaborate death scenes in movies. But then, like, well, then it's just not for you. The same way there's people out there that just aren't really like they don't have a sense of humor and they don't like comedies, so they probably (laughs) don't get something about Mary either. You know, there's there's definitely like only certain people like these type of movies. But I think for what it is, I think it's like the best of them no yeah it is it is yeah like the plane the plane disaster itself isn't as like good of a gag as some of the stuff we see later in the film but it's still pretty 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 horrible like when you see that girl like when the the plane when it comes apart and that girl gets sucked out and she's like reaching for her teacher yeah and like that's really grim and and actually i thought the grimmest part is where like he's alex is very much alive and then suddenly the plane just goes into flames and he's yeah. just he's just his face is just melting <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he doesn't he d- and he kind of doesn't react at all like he literally just accepts it yeah, like, mm. like he doesn't scream or anything yeah because just before that everybody's trying to get put on their oxygen masks and he's the first you can actually see that he just stops like he just accepts yeah. it at that point <laughs> there's also there's also going. just um, my favorite part of that is there's just a random shot of a splatter of blood on the wall. 
that, oh, right. okay. that isn't connected to anyone being hit by anything or anything. Literally, it just cuts to a wall on the airplane yeah. and they just throw a bucket of blood at it. <laughs> but I bet you there was a death there and the MPPA had the meta out or something. Maybe, yeah. I thought, well, I thought you were going to say, because this is my favourite, where you just see, like, because there's all this chaos happening and you see, like, uh, a stereo flies through the air and knocks somebody out. Yeah. But then out of nowhere just shows you a bunch of Maltesers rolling along the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, somebody's going to trip over them. Which would make no sense because you would just crush Maltesers. It's yeah, not like marbles. But then there's no payoff anyway. It's just a bunch of Maltesers roll across the floor. I wonder, was it just like some device they came up with to show the plane is moving crazy or something? I don't know. Just... Yeah, or maybe it was just to show that there's loads of things set up within the plane for you to die on. Because we see a lot of that this later in the film, things being set up that have no yeah. payoffs. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the plane goes down, but then Alex wakes up, and it was all just a dream. And he's all, like, sweaty, like, fevery and stuff. It's funny, because I remembered it differently. I, rem- I thought it was, like, a, a sort of a longer burn for him to realise it wasn't just a dream, but it's straight away, like I, yeah, I had thought it's the, he has that dream the night before, and then he wakes up in his bed and goes to the airport all over it, like and it's nearly like a Groundhog Day kind of thing, right? Um, that's the way I thought it was, because the way you know when he's he's checking in his bag and like the the sign behind him is like flickering and acting all weird. Mm. Uh, the sign this is like flights delayed, cancelled, boarding, all that kind of stuff. Like that thing yeah. is flickering, and they pay loads of attention to that. And I was like, oh, that's like something in a dream. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, oh, that is the dream. And then uh, and then we'll see a more straighter version of it that's not, that's shot more straighter. Because it was all a bit like, that's what I meant, like the editing for that whole build up right up to the crash to the moment he wakes up is a bit mad. Like, um, And I thought, oh, that's because that's the dream. And then we'll see, yeah, kind of yeah. do the day over again and it'll be all like, static tripod shots and you know kind of it'll be done totally differently and you know it's weird because a lot of that stuff there's some like signs he kind of noticed and pays attention to but then there's others that are just done for the audience yeah like at the start when his alarm clock turns into the flight number yeah yeah but he's already asleep so we're the only one seeing that and then at the airport it's you know you see terminal seven and it just zooms in and you just see terminal but like he doesn't see that we're uh, yeah, we yeah. as the audience are the only one that sees that but i that just found that the, kind of weird yeah that's why i thought that was all that was the dream that's why i thought uh, but anyway when he does wake up uh the girls are there asking him to switch seats so straight away he he knows that that wasn't just a dream there was a, a vision yeah the first thing he does is run to a seat and check if the tray is broken <laughs> like immediately yeah and he causes a scene because he realizes that this is definitely going to happen yeah uh and i, I like yeah of course you would like even if you don't believe in this shit if you were in that position and you walk like if that did happen to you yeah how could you not just fucking go crazy and tell everybody that the the engine was going to blow? Yeah, you would, because you'd just be you'd be so freaked out, especially from a dream that vivid, and uh, and the fact that things are happening what just happened in your dream, hmm. like that's not like oh I think I've deja vu. That's like fuck, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it'd be really unrealistic if he pled that any camera. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then um. 
it's pretty oh, that he gets into a fight with the jock guy and then a bunch of yeah. them get kicked off the plane bunch of them get kicked off todd leaves to check on him or his brother todd has a brother in it and the brother tells todd to go and check on him yeah uh, which i like too that not everybody's just there's that one jock that's angry and his girlfriend and stifler get kicked off just by association yeah <laughs> and then the friend stifler gets kicked off because he was coming back from the bathroom and he was standing up when the fight broke out. <laughs> yeah yeah uh the brother goes to check todd goes to check on him and then there's a character called claire spelled clear yeah and she just she fe- she just believes him she just gets uncomfortable so she leaves yeah and the two teachers yeah one of the, t- the two teachers leave and then one of them stays put and the other goes back on the flight because uh, obviously a teacher has has to stay but i did yeah. like that that there's only because i think in a lot of films it would just be nobody would believe them everybody would be angry and they'd all get kicked off for having a fight or something i kind of liked how they actually met it that because like if i was on a plane with with a bunch of people and you say went crazy like that i don't think i'd like suddenly just turn on you and call you crazy i'd be like even if i didn't believe you i'd be like well something's clearly wrong here <laughs> yeah and you'd like you'd support me and be like okay let's get off the plane we'll get the next one you know you'd be <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't be like see you weirdo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but yeah so i, I kind of just liked that and then like yeah so moments later during the departure lounge and the the police have been called and there is just a great shot of stifler it's a wide sh- again the two boys have almost gotten into a fight again yeah and jock and alex and it's a wide shot and in the background we see the window out onto the runway and stifler's just looking out the window and he makes some line about missing the flight or whatever yeah. or not being on the flight and we just see the flight in the distance blow it's a great shot because we see the explosion off in the far distance just off takeoff and then yeah. you stifler gets to say oh shit and duck and then the windows all blow up yeah, like they actually great. like the physics of it they actually give it enough time for the the shockwave to travel to the airport yeah there's yeah. movies made in the last few years that don't do that like the, all the it's instant like, yeah. like i remember even like Maybe, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Man of Steel, one of the Superman movies, where they were just having this big fight through the city and you'd see all these explosions. Like a tanker would be thrown at somebody and blow up and instantly you'd just see every window around shatter and be these big sweeping shots of just windows breaking all over the place. It's like, well, no, that's, that's not how it would happen. Yeah, there's no delay. Like, yeah, instant. Yeah, like when you compare the speed of sound to light, it's like, it's it's very slow by comparison. <laughs> Oh, big time. Yeah. In fact, if you want, like, I'm sure everybody has seen this video, but go and look at the explode. The, uh, oh, God damn it, where was the massive, the firework factory <laughs> explosion? Oh, um, it was brute, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've watched that from multiple angles and slow motion. It's crazy. But in that, you see the explosion, and then there's like, there's, you see the explosion, then you hear the bang, and then there's like car alarms, and then the windows start to blow. Yeah crazy like i I thought that was a great shot in this film like just how it the fact that it was like this silly stupid horror movie but it was like one yeah. of the most accurate versions of that scene in a film yeah and um and then to me probably one of the most inexplicable things happens is it cuts to 39 days later 
<laughs> well, there's a bit. There's a bit. I, there, say there, it. There's a bit of questioning and after because they're like, they do acknowledge the fact that this guy Alex went crazy. Said the plane was going to blow up. Yeah, and then it did blow up. So the FBI are called in, and they yeah. don't say they're suspicious because it makes no sense. But they're definitely they have some questions that they're not asking yet. And everybody's very ungrateful to Alex at this point. I mean, he just saved them from having to go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, a bit of gratitude. Like, okay, and, and from certain debt, obviously, that too, but from having to go to Paris. Uh, and with an, with an annoying teacher who insisted on speaking French from, like, the second you yeah. arrived at the airport. As well. Here's another thing. That teacher insisted on speaking French to everybody. Nobody, none of his students understood French so he was clearly an absolutely shit teacher <laughs> so Claire Claire understood yeah but she seemed like she was also like reading a French book like she was reading a novel in French or something was yeah I think so yeah. so like she clearly like it seems like English might be her second language yeah yeah I did like that everyone kind of turned and looked at her though when he spoke to yeah like, yeah that's, funny. that's a real classic thing I was thinking, because I didn't remember, I remembered very little of this movie, and um, when, like, the police, FBI and stuff come in and talk, I was like, oh, they're just going to, like, like, let him go and it'll be totally fine because this came out before 9-11, so it's just not an issue. And then, actually, they made more of an issue of it than I thought they were going to, that they're like, he's up to something or he knows something, and then... And then at one po- one point they think he's a serial killer and stuff like that. Yeah, like it actually it does actually make complete sense for the time. But I thought they yeah, they'd yeah. just be like, oh, we're investigating because the FBI investigate all plane crashes. Or you know, I thought it was going to be something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, well, if this was post nine eleven, they wouldn't have been just kicked off the flight. That flight would have been grounded. He would have never left if it was post nine eleven. And he would have spent the next seven years in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even Stifler might have. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. In fact, because he wasn't, like, he clearly, not that he was a dummy or anything, but, you know, he wasn't the brightest person in the world. He might, like, did force a confession out of him or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved, um, I know, skipping ahead a little bit, but I loved how um, he mentions really early on in the movie when they're at the memorial service that he passed his driving test and then for the rest of the movie you see him cycling <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was really funny i don't know why it was just one of those things it's just a good gag just now on the on the subject of premonitions i i assume you put absolutely no uh no fate in them it depends who has them um, oh really yeah. I mean, if I have them, I believe them. But if, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, when it's a 55-year-old woman who's um, three gins in and goes, I had a premonition about this. Uh, <laughs> that's where I, I walk away. Um, I, I'm inclined to just not believe any, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, when you hear like famous stories of premonitions, it's usually... Well, there's usually no evidence. It's usually people just tell the story that they had one retrospectively. Yeah, yeah. You can find a handful of ones that, like, came true, where where the person, like, warned of some impending disaster, and then it did happen after the fact. Yeah. 
But, you know, my thing is you never hear about all, like, how many, or sometimes you do hear about them, all these mad predictions that just nev- never come to fruition. You know, people make wild claims every day. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there a way you can do it on Twitter, isn't it? If you tweet, you go back and edit old tweets or something. But you can't edit them. What people do, there's loads of Twitter accounts. I, oh, sorry, yeah. You, you predict every possible outcome and then you delete yeah, the ones that yeah. aren't it's, relevant. It's the yeah. oldest fucking trick in the book. Like online, but still, like you, you will see people like posting like, "Oh, look at this Twitter account. It's a, it's predicted every event for the last two years." Like, there's loads of people that still get caught by such yeah, yeah. easy bullshit. It's just mad that there's people that yeah. are that kind of gullible out there. But there is, there is a few premonitions that are weird. There's here, here's one that's. I find mad, right? So, have you ever heard of an, an event called a nine eleven? No, which one is that again? <laughs> <laughs> so, there's this guy, uh, Barrett Naylor is his name. So, he claims to have had two premonitions about the World Trade Center. Yeah, which is is crazy. So, the first was in 1993. He was on it. He worked in the World Trade Center. And a pa- he alleges, now he told this story after the fact, but yeah. he alleges that while he was on the train on his way to work that morning, he just got this overwhelming feeling that something bad was going to happen and he should just take the day off. So he did. And that was the day the car bombs oh, yeah, yeah. went off in the basement. Now, you're like, okay, he could have just took a sick day and then the bombs happened and he thought, just, it was a mad coincidence. So he told the story that he had a premonition. And I'm like, it was a good thing he got he felt he got diarrhea on the train that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was just lucky. That could easily have been what happened. But eight years later, yeah, the same thing happened, and it was the morning of nine eleven. Wow. Now I actually think it's more of a coincidence that he would have just happened to take sick days, the two days that the World Trade Center yeah. attacked by terror. Like, isn't that more of a coincidence yeah, than anything else? Yeah, of course it is. So, like, that's one I find it very hard to wrap my head around that. Like, it's just, it's way... But, like, but you think about that, right? So, some, the World Trade Center is, like, how many people worked in those buildings? And the surrounding buildings mm. as well. And then how many people called in sick that day? You know what I mean? You're talking, like, thousands and thousands. Yeah, but how, many people, but how many people call in sick both days? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm sure it's more than one. <laughs> I, like, do you think it would be? Stati- I suppose statistically, yeah, might be only the one, and he's that guy. Like, um, think of it. How many people do you think call in sick? You take any building, any huge building like that in the world. How many people are taking sick days on any given day? Yeah. You don't get many sick days. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. it's. Um, I still don't believe in people have premonitions. I, I, no. I can't explain it. I'm. I just think that that is one where I'm like, I can. If somebody believes that this guy had a premonition, I would never call them gullible. Basically, I'd be like, I can see why that might... Because coincidences are rare. So this is... This most likely is just an extraordinary coincidence. Yeah. But that fact in itself is kind of crazy. What, what, what I think is crazier and is more interesting is it's the people who, um, say, got out of the buildings and then decided to just pretend they died and went and lived somewhere else <laughs> um, yeah or the people that weren't there to begin with but yeah then, but done the same 
yeah, yeah, like they weren't there. To begin with. Oh, like that's oh yeah, they just uh, like their office was nearby or whatever. Like didn't even be just people just left New York and went yeah. to Canada and left their wives and like expensive mortgage and car loans and credit card debt behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there was even there was even some people who just faked like a husband that never existed, but oh, then yeah. he died in it to get like pay payouts and stuff. Yeah. The same thing happened in um, England with the Glenfell Tower, the fire tower. There was there was a bunch of people oh, got yeah. done for claiming to be um, like claiming they lived there or something, like trying to get insurance payouts and stuff. And it turned out like they, they had nothing to do with the place. Like, there's always some scumbag trying to take advantage of them, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There is actually another one. I just want to go back to it and because we're you know Halloween episode, yeah, we'll yeah. point out creepy stuff. Although maybe this isn't creepy, but because we mentioned uh, them earlier, and it's a plane crash, but Leonard Skinner's frontman, Ronnie Van Zant, when you, you know that the fam- they died in yeah. the, or not all of them, but most of the band died in a plane crash yeah, yeah. in the late seventies. But as they, well, first of all, he may he alluded to the fact that he would die that way all throughout his life. Really? Yeah, like he said. Well, I think. There was a few stuff where he just he he made some he told his father once that he'd die in his boots, meaning he'll die he won't die an old man essentially. That he'll die oh, yeah. young and like you know dressed in his streetwear. Yeah, yeah. Like meaning tragically, I guess that's probably a southern term or something. As opposed to in your bed, uh, sick or as an old yeah. man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a cool it's a cool kind of badass phrase. Though I'll die in my boots. But, but anyway, yeah. but there was a few other stuff. But when they were bored, and I think as well, he joked he wanted to be buried in a Neil Young t-shirt as well, or something <laughs> like that, because <laughs> he had that fake feud with Neil Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when they got on that private jet, like they, they were on tour, and like he said, uh, there was like press there, or fans maybe, I don't know who, who exactly he was saying it to, but he shouted out to the rest of the band, come on, let's go it's probably our time to go or something like that. Oh, mad. Yeah. It was something really weird where, yeah, come on, come on, let's, let's go. This might be our time to go. I can't remember the exact line, but it was something weird where he pretty much like alluded to the fact that, that the plane they were boarding was going to crash. Oh, like, it, like it was a really weird way to phrase. We have to go now. Yeah. yeah I think he was drunk, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but whatever the line was, it was like people took it just as a very, that's mad. I don't know, foreboding sort of thing to say before getting onto a plane that then would crash into a swamp. Do you, do you get um, which deja vu? I used to get it quite a bit, but yeah. not so much anymore. I used to get it in really weird ways that it would genuinely creep me out. Yeah, me too. I used to get it a lot. And, um, I hadn't had it for ages, and it happened to me the other day. I was doing something, and I was like, I've done this exact thing before, you know, and I was like, no, I think it's deja vu, or I had a dream where I was doing, I always think, whenever I get deja vu, I always think, I think I had a dream where this happened, that's, that's the way, best way I describe it to myself, like, that's the way I can figure out the familiarity, and um, apparently it's just a weird, apparently, it's um, that as things happen to you, they go to the wrong way, into your, they go into your long-term memory faster than your short-term memory or something it's some kind of weird like wires crossed kind of thing yeah so it feels like a memory as it happens rather than something like the present you know yeah but it is a bizarre feeling like i've gotten it in some instances where 
it's just, I mean, I'm somewhere I haven't been before with somebody I don't know, but then I get this weird feeling that I've been there and I've known this person and, like, they're not a good person or something. Like, I know yeah, something yeah. about them that I shouldn't know yet. It's a very weird yeah. feeling. My um, my nephew, when he was much smaller, he's now, was he, 10? Uh, when he was much younger, like, three to five kind of age, um, he used to be fucking creepy. He just knew shit he wasn't supposed to know. Like he, he would just—he was just really clairvoyant. <laughs> it was the best way to describe it. Like he would just—he would tell you something, and then it would happen like a week later or something, you know. And it would always be mad. Sh- you know, like kids just say mad shit, and you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And you'd ignore him or whatever, and then like a week later that would happen. Like the the one example I can remember is um, my sister, like his mum had booked a holiday resort uh, for them, and he was only about four or five at the time. And um, he he like she hadn't even told the kids they're going on holidays, but obviously like kids pick up things, you know. And yeah, um, so like next day at breakfast they fully booked the holiday. They were designed and they told the kids, and they're like, oh, we're gonna go on holidays and. Uh, there'll be a swimming pool and he was like oh yeah and there's, there's going to be a big red slide going to the swimming pool and it's going to be like it's going to be painted like a dragon and she was like mm, no I don't think so and she then showed them like on the website like the resort they were going to and whatever website they booked it at didn't have photos of any slides going into the pool and when they got there there was a red slide painted like a Chinese dragon going into the pool wow, like I'd... three months later be sending them off to the orphanage <laughs> and they were just like they were like oh what and he was like and he was just like whatever four-year-old he's like told you you know <laughs> they were just like where do you get this information from like, it was just bizarre like, and what do you think if you were to guess what do you think would be the explanation to to that sort of sight um that he was possessed by a demon for a couple of years or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, did he did he have a friend who went to the same resort and told him? Maybe. Yeah, you don't know. It could be. Yeah, it could be anything. You yeah. Know? But yeah, the whole point is, yeah, he, he had information he shouldn't have had. Yeah. Where where he got it from or whatever. You know. I just looked it up there. The line. So the line Ronnie Van Zandt said as he was getting on the plane yeah. was come on let's go if it's your time to go it's your time to go <laughs> oh, fuck. um so for a guy who constantly like joked about that he was going to die young and bad things happening that's kind of a weird thing to say but also i didn't know this until i was just looking it up because it's just mentioned in the article yeah so a backing vocalist for the band jojo bellingsley i don't know who she is yeah but she apparently she she left the band a while beforehand for alcohol and drug abuse issues. Yeah. And they'd only been back in touch. He was asking her to rejoin the band. And she was meant to meet him a few days ago, a few days before this flight. And the meeting never happened. But one of the reasons she wanted to talk to him, apparently, was because she had a dream of their plane crashing. <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Now, this is one of those retroactive yeah, yeah. dreams, maybe. Uh, but it's just funny that there is even a story of somebody claiming to have a premonition yeah, about them when we were just talking about them. That's really funny. So carrying on. Can I just mention too, on this the same article I just got up when I went searching for the Ronnie Van Sant thing, they have a one about Sharon Tate, how apparently for years before 
the Manson family murder, she kept having visions of seeing like dead people in her house and all this. <laughs> and as soon as I see that, I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, they were just doing loads of acid, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was. 60s 70s Sharon Tate and all them it's like yeah well I can I can explain that to, to you no no problem she didn't talk about her neighbor who was a famous western star no mm-hmm. but anyway sorry you were going to say something else um Rick Dalton no <laughs> um no I was, gonna, I was just gonna go back to Final Destination there's just a, I don't know why I got really hung up on it it was just the whole thing that like then nothing happens for 39 days <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just yeah. like for then the rest of the premise it makes no sense and then it happens again at the end of the movie there's like a six month gap and it's just like I don't know um, but... well, so for for people who haven't watched the movie we yeah. have to get to that though I know yeah so yeah. we get to a month later and they're at uh... Memorial the, the line is there's um, the memorial 39 students were killed in the plane crash so 39 days later they're unveiling a, a plaque at the school grounds. Oh, or... I didn't even I didn't even notice that. That's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do it that way? <laughs> we w- we'll wait one day for every soul lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but but the one thing I did actually like about that, even though like I think the writing, like the characters and stuff in this film, it's just it's garbage. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, nice yeah. way to say it. But like they don't act like real people. The dialogue's weak as fuck. Yeah. The direction is great. The 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 death scenes and all the every technical aspect of this film, I think, is good. But the writing is just dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> With the exception of how the characters act at the memorial, because I do like the fact that they act like stupid teenagers in the opening, and after losing all their friends and yeah. just going through something that horrible, they're acting like old men. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that. Like, like Alex. And Todd, when they meet for the first time, I guess in a month, like you know, he puts his hand on his shoulder. They just, just act. It's like they've they've just grown up. Like they've just aged five years in the space of thirty nine days. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was actually kind of that was actually kind of a nice little thing. Yeah, because that does happen. Yeah, yeah. No, it does make sense. Like it changes you forever. Or something like that. Mm. Do you want to tell tell them about Todd's fate? <laughs> Well, there's a great moment in part of that where, like, the character, the teacher who survived with them, and um, Alex is trying to, like, talk to everyone because he's like, no one will talk to me. Well, even, like, Todd is friend. And mm. He hasn't seen him for basically 39 days or whatever. And the teacher's just like, stay away from me. You terrify me. Yeah. And then and, and Stifler is like, he's like, can you tell me a future? You know, should I ask this girl out? Will, will she say yes? And that, like, he just thinks he's completely... Psychic and yeah. clairvoyant at that point, and uh, and then is the jock his big thing is is like you don't control my life, and, like he's all like you don't control my destiny, get away from me, you know. Yeah. Uh, Which is clear that the jock uh, actually is probably the one that believes him the most because he's clearly just afraid. Yeah, he's written as that stereotypical bully who's the most terrified yeah, person in yeah. the room. Um, which I suppose. Is usually those characters anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's probably an accurate representation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, actually, uh, Todd's death then is probably the best death. I think it's mm. it's the most kind of thought out technical one. 
and his is he's just but though he does some weird shit he's in the bathroom and um, we get to see him take a shit for the second time in this film <laughs> i don't know in like 15 minutes i don't know if, is there another movie that exists where we get to see the same character take a shit twice <laughs> it's a very weird it's a very weird thing like think on, on the top of your head how many films can you take where you actually can you think of or they even show a guy taking a shit like it's bizarre but anyway sorry yeah I know <laughs> um <laughs> I thought the exact same thing it's like it's so odd that they're making this actor sit in a toilet and take his pants off again <laughs> and um but it's great for you to see like the water valve to the toilet just suddenly turns a little bit and drips of water come out and then uh as he's like washing his face hands and his face and then he goes to shave in the most insane way ever. <laughs> he, he starts, he's using an old-fashioned uh, safety razor. Yeah, they're the ones you use, isn't it? The, yeah, yeah, and they're like they're called safety razors, but they mean safety in compared to how people shaved prior to them. You know, they're, they're yeah, lethal. Yeah. But also, like, he's got, he hasn't, like, <laughs> like, he hasn't put anything on, he hasn't put any shaving foam on or cream or anything. He doesn't even wet his face. No, he just, he just goes to dry, it, and then is surprised that he cuts himself. He's, and he's also completely clean shaven. As well. Yeah, and he starts at the neck with an upstroke. Like know, he really yeah. just puts a blade to his face and just cuts himself. That's all he does. But it's like a weird. It's just a weird. Like it's something you see in a student movie or something, mm. isn't it? It's just like as a as a meant to be a misdirect. It's like yeah, but you wouldn't do that in the real world anyway. Yeah. You know, it's so strange. Um, he he, sha- he shaves like a twelve-year-old boy shaving for the first time. Yeah, in the bathroom, thinking he's being an adult. Like, but essentially, what we see is just multiple ways for him to die being set up by a uh, just mysterious entity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a weird shimmer in the mirror and stuff. And then and he dies in the best way ever, which is the um, it's a real thing hotel bathrooms have in the the bath is like a cable for drying your washing yeah yeah and he uh basically slips on the water and then strangles on that and ends up like in the bath being hung like tr- trying to escape and he can't escape and so it's a great death it's brilliant yeah yeah it's pretty fucking brutal as well like and it goes on like, it's done really well you see his eyes actually bulge a little and they go red yeah all the capillaries break in his eyes yeah it's great it's horrible yeah yeah and it's set up like there's a point you see the water and then he plugs in the stereo when he's shaving so you think oh maybe he's going to get electrocuted but then the john denver song comes on again so he plugs it out yeah (laughs) uh but there's just i like that all like they throw on the mr x the shaving is the they should have probably left that one (laughs) out because just it's so stupid but like you kind of took me out of the movie a little bit yeah but yeah this is where we we realize that death is trying to get them back essentially yeah then he's the first to die and then i kind of don't really remember how they come to the conclusion that death is trying to get them then after that well it doesn't matter people can watch the film if they need to know i know yeah yeah um so then here's where we get to um basically yeah they don't believe that he killed himself because everyone's like oh it was suicide because he hung himself in the bath or whatever and they go to the morgue and this is where my theory comes in is they look at his body and then out of nowhere like literally out of the shadows tony todd is there uh, famous for being the candy man um night of the living uh, dead would you other actor yeah night of the living dead. great actor i yeah, love tony yeah. todd and um 
he uh, they just just we just have to be very careful not to say his name one more time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe no, wait, we'd want him on the podcast. I, I think he's dead. Did he die this year or last year? I could be wrong. Oh, if he did, he died very recently. because yeah, he's in the last Final Destination. I could be wrong about that now. I feel no, he's still alive. Is Thank God for that. <laughs> and he um, he just explains to them like basically like death has a plan and mm. you don't want to fuck with the Grim Reaper and all this kind of stuff. Um, he's in like a shirt suspenders and he starts doing like he's pulling all the tubes out of the bo- Todd's body like from the embalming and all this kind of stuff. Like, he doesn't have gloves on. He's not wearing an apron. He's got a pretty fancy gold watch. Like I'm convinced he's not the mortician at all. He's dead and he's just toying with them. And um, that's my theory for the whole movie is basically like most people die in like from heart attacks and car accidents and things like that. So he's just bored. So he's got a bit creative and he's the one who's giving them all the clues and hints just to make to have fun with them basically. Right. See, I thought you were going to go at the end there. You were just going to say your theory was the, he he had just broken in and he was just robbing shit off the dead bodies. Because I think that the general consensus is that he... A lot of people think he is dead in it, or at least yeah, yeah. he's death possessing... That, that's just death possessing somebody momentarily or something. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Like I, It's a weird one. Like, he seems like he knows how death in this world operates. Yes. Well, I don't think he's meant to be death. I don't, I, like, if, I feel like it's one of those things where they they, <laughs> they asked Tony Todd if he'd cameo in it, and he said, yeah, and they're like, oh, shit, we better write something. I didn't think he'd say, yeah, we better write him apart. And yeah. they just wrote this. And they didn't give it much thought, because, I know, it kind of does, it just doesn't fit with, with the rest of the how movie. death is portrayed yeah. in the rest of the film. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Because he's kind of this shadowy glimmer. Yeah, I feel like like maybe he he cheated death before. Oh yeah, and he's just gotten so good at it that he knows. I'm not even sure how to explain this, but I feel like he might have such a, a, a working. Because okay, so in in Final Destination, yeah, Alex has the vision, and he's what he he saves the people. Uh, his friends on the plane but as the film progresses he starts to have more visions like he sees when when there's a girl that gets hit by a bus in it and earlier in the film he he sees a sort of a ghost reflection of a bus in a window yeah when it's not on the street and stuff like that when it's not on the street but and then later it is so i feel like the more he cheats death in the film the more he sees and i think we that is the case because at the end claire who had no premonitions earlier in the film in the last scene she sees the bus in the window that almost hits alex yeah yeah so i feel like the more you cheat death the more visions you get the more of an understanding yeah okay that's a good theory and so i think that maybe tony todd's character just has cheated death so many times that he actually can escape almost permanently so you're saying there's like there's an unmade prequel about like a young Tony Todd going through Final Destination, and this is thirty years later. Pretty yeah, maybe. And there's fact he pops up in sequels telling unrelated people similar shit. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So I feel like and and it's it's pretty much just scenes like what you see in the film. Yeah. So there's no more explanation given. But I feel like maybe he he isn't dead, but he might be still responsible for why these people are caught up in debt sort of of in debt trying to fix things yeah i get you 
So, okay, I'm going to spoil Final Destination 5 for you. Five? Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know there was. That. Yeah. So, 2, 3, and 4, and 5 for the most part, not related to 1 at all. Claire does pop up in Final Destination 2. Yeah. But uh, they're not. none of them are really related. Yeah. But Final Destination 5 is very weird. Because it just plays out like they're all essentially the same movie. Final Destination 5 is no exception. But there's one or two moments in the film I was like, that makes no sense. I think there was a scene where somebody couldn't get cell reception. And I was like, come on, that hasn't been a thing in 10 years. <laughs> uh, but then the film ends and everything. The last two survivors, I think it's maybe three, they uh, they cheat death for the final time and that's it. Yeah. And then the film ends with them on a plane and... They're getting ready to take off, and there's a disturbance on the plane. <gasps> Somebody's going crazy in the background. Oh, very good. And then it cuts to Alex, and you realise, oh, well, that's why they couldn't get cell reception. This film is set in 2000. And they, the, the, all the characters from Final Destination 5 die on the plane in Final Destination 1. Ah, <sighs> so the twist is it's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of the idea is meant to be. Like, the, the reason Alex might have had that vision is just because... He got he he happened to see Death's plan for somebody else. Oh, so he got like an overload over, overload of it. Yeah, like he just happened to doze off to sleep at the right time, and like there was just a glitch in the matrix, kind of. Yeah, yeah, no, that made that would make sense because as he figures out the pattern of like it's to do with where they were sitting and how the the, the electrical fault went. Like it's insane. It is like a mad pattern. You know, it's mm. very much designed by Death. You know what I mean? Like the other deaths. Yeah, uh, but so the idea is that then that everything that happens in all of Death's plan in Final Destination 1 is just a result of him trying to fix things in the prequel uh, for the people that were on the plane. So the people people at the end of Final Destination 5, that's just Death, that's how Death finally fixes his plan. And Alex and his friends are just like, they just happen to be there. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that might be this where Tony Todd's character, that's why he keeps showing up. That Depp might still be trying to fix things with Tony Todd. Oh, and it's it's jumping on to other people. Yeah. I haven't given it too much thought, but I, I feel like that's probably yeah, yeah. where his char- how his character comes into it. So did you watch all five movies this week? <laughs> no, I watched one, three, and five. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I've seen, t- I saw two a couple of years ago. Well, maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I still like remember it. And I've heard that four is just like really bad. So oh, yeah. that's, um, that's a pretty clever way to end it though, is to have them. Uh, yeah. Have yeah. it that they're on the plane. It's pretty funny. I know. Like, okay. There's lots of other deaths and they're pretty elaborate. And actually <laughs> the teacher's one is probably the most elaborate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> she like, goes to make tea she puts down like a cloth a tea cloth over her knife rack she makes tea then decides she's not gonna have tea because it's the school mug and she's terrified of the school now or something and then yeah then she puts in ice to have vodka and it cracks the mug she spills like drips vodka all over the apartment and into her computer which sparks starts a fire (laughs) um explodes a piece of plastic into her neck. She stumbles into the kitchen. Um, and then, oh, the gas has been on as well when she was trying to boil the kettle. And so, like, it just keeps building and building. It's hilarious. And then she tries to grab one of the 
the tea cloth off the counter and she pulls the knives on top of herself and stuff like that. And then the place burns down, like it explodes. Like it's so elaborate, like it's step after step. Yeah. After step. Like she, the knife comes down on her and then Alex like gets in and she's still alive, but then like the chair falls and stabs the her. The kitchen chair yeah. falls onto the knife and it just goes right through. <laughs> Finishes her off. It's so funny. It's hilarious. But that, that's like, that's going back to like what you're saying, like the gags. It is like these domino effects of just really funny. Um, yeah, just really creative, like absurd deaths. Yeah, yeah. So the more they start to see death's plan, essentially. Yeah. Um, in like sort of miniature premonitions, I guess. And the more they see it, the more, you know, they can avoid him. But they can't quite cheat it. Eventually they realize when they they save the jock and then Stifler ends up dying, they realize that if if they save somebody from death, it'll skip that person. Yeah, it jumps on to the next person in, in order of how they were supposed to die. So so how do you, like, do you think that would work? Do you think you could cheat that in that way? Like, it doesn't really work out in the film, but I was thinking about this. Yeah. Like, say we're in this film. Okay. And say, I mean, like, you're Alex, I'm Claire, or vice versa. <laughs> so we still have the jock and Stifler. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to go the jock, then Stifler. But if we say, say one of us was just to, like, push Stifler in front of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If we kill somebody in the wrong order, oh yeah, does it just? Or if I kill you or you kill me, yeah, do we just completely mess up that plan? That's a really good way of looking at it. There is mention in one of the sequels, like somebody tries to kill themselves and the gun jams, but that seems like that was their their actions, so that could stop. You know, that can control shit. Yeah, to set up your your debt. Yeah. But if I interfere directly, because you can interfere by saving somebody, so why can't you interfere by just killing them? <laughs> That's brilliant. So if you just totally mess up the order, like oh, no, yeah. really fuck with Death's plan, like whoever's next, like kill the last person first, and just like and do it in a completely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, the complete, not even like a completely random order, like just really yeah, yeah. mess up. Actually, you know what? Just a random. <laughs> just a random murder because if the plan is like so so you're alex you're alex and you're meant to be that's plan was for you to be on that plane and to go down with it yeah, yeah so if you just go out and like kill some drifter one night that drifter would not have died had you been on the plane so you so that drifter wasn't meant to die oh so you fucked up with that's plan there as well yeah yeah you just go on a mad killing spree to fuck up that's plan. She's <laughs> like, you're going to be a dick to me. You're going to kill all my friends. I'm going to fuck up your plans. That is actually the best. Like, it's, it's really dark, but that is the best um, defense you have. It's to just keep messing up with his mess and his plans up. It's just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> or their plan, death's plans up. It's to just keep, um, just keep getting random people of like a different levels of society and uh, like yeah. as randomly as possible like um <laughs> but maybe that's what tony todd is doing <laughs> like maybe that isn't do it like maybe some of these deaths are actually tony todd just killing random people to like fuck up that's plan <laughs> maybe like was he was he driving the bus is he a bus driver reading as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it's a Halloween, I guess, and like, you know, we can do like some creepy stories. Do you want to hear some uh, people who couldn't cheat death? Yeah, I do. 
Okay, I've got a few of these, but these are pretty good. If you say Shane, <laughs> <laughs> the first one is you. <laughs> all these, like, all these, all fourteen years we've known each other have all been leading up to this. Pop out of the press next to me and just <laughs> stab me. <laughs> the whole time you've been hiding in the cupboard next to me, doing the podcast on your phone. But no, these are I, these are pretty ke- creepy, and maybe these are inappropriate for this podcast because we like make fun of stuff and like all that. But we we talk about some pretty grim things quite a bit. Oh, yeah. But okay, with the, so... the light in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, in January two thousand and three, a twenty-one-year-old Brazilian girl named Jessica de Lima Roll. She was a organizing a party for her university in a nightclub in Santa Maria. On the night of the party, as she was getting ready, uh, her boyfriend, who, her, her boyfriend, uh, Adrenio Stevane, we'll just call him Adrenio, uh, he still lived back in her hometown, I believe, and he called her as she was getting ready to go out and begged her not to go. No. Apparently, anyway. She didn't go, and hours later, uh, flames erupted at the venue when a band member who was playing on stage decided to light a firework, <laughs> and it ignited the uh, foam roof. And the place just erupted in flames. And uh, 238 attendees died. Wow. So she, she was lucky to, to have not gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five days later, Jessica travelled back home to visit her boyfriend. Uh, the, the boyfriend who, who may have saved her life by intervening in death's plan. Yeah. However, the reunion was short-lived because just two days later, as the couple drove back to her apartment in Santa Maria... Their Volkswagen Golf collided head-on with a truck, killing Jessica just five days after she cheated death. Wow. And Andriano a day before his 21st birthday. Jeez. It's pretty grim, but it's also... It's... it wasn't 39 days later. It's mad. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, being... Because, like, 20, 238 people died at the party your your boyfriend asked you not to go to. Like, just such a good chance you, you could have been one of those. That's crazy. And then to still die in a tragic accident a few days later. Yeah, that's mad. This one might be worse. Yeah. I'm just going to list off some really bleak shit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Asiana Airlines Flight 214 was a trans-Pacific passenger flight from South Korea to San Francisco. Uh, On the morning of July 6th, 2013... The plane crashed on its final approach into San Francisco. Of the 307 people on board, only one person died on impact. So, wow. like a lot of people, a lot of people were saved. Yeah. One of the passengers that was saved was a 16-year-old Chinese student, and she miraculously survived despite the fact that her uh, seat was thrown onto the runway <gasps> while she was still strapped into it. No way. Yeah. The tail broke off. She was in the tail when it broke off, and she survived. That's crazy. But unfortunately, death never left the runway, and the student was killed when a fire truck ran over her <laughs> while trying to put out the blaze. <laughs> oh I wasn't expecting God. to get a laugh oh out of that. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so horrible. And, and, and horribly tragic. I know, but that's really funny. That is like something from like a, a naked gun movie or something <laughs> like that it's just hilarious oh my god <laughs> i guess you know what 
I apologize because it's my reading of it. That you're laughing at. <laughs> to be no, fair, no, that's really tragic, but it's also it, pretty funny. But so. but to be fair, so like the fire truck, the the a fire truck had like spread the place in like fire retardant foam, so she was actually like buried under foam. So it's oh, not okay. like yeah, a, yeah. yeah, it's not like a truck just like was in such a panic to get oh fire, we better get to it and just ran into all the people that were uh, on the yeah. ground. But she just unfortunately happened to be buried under, under the, the foam. Oh, that's so sad. No, that that they, that just makes it really sad. Yeah, but like for you first reading it, I was like, that's hilarious. But um, that's just such hard look. Like, Jesus. I th- this is going to sound insane, right? But every time I get in an airplane, I always think, if it crashes, I'll survive. I c- yeah, I kind of feel that way too. I I, c- I couldn't tell you why, but I'd always think that I'd be. I just know for sure I would be one of the survivors. I, I've absolutely no reason to believe it, but I always do. Maybe it's kind of a premonition in itself. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and Have you ever tried to take down a plane just to see if you survive it? <laughs> no. But then I know a week later, uh, death will uh, just untie my shoelaces. I'm at the top of the stairs while picking my nose. Uh, yeah, well, if these stories are anything to go by, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's no getting away. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want? Do you want another one? Or is yeah, that no, go for it. Give me one more. See now, the thing is, I look. I was looking up so, and there is loads, but most of them are just like person survived a plane crash, and then a drunk driver hit them the following year. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. that's well, that's life. that's just yeah. that's horrible, but like that. But there are right. This one, this here's a short one. So you'll remember that uh, debt was pretty busy in New York. On the morning of September 11th, we, we mentioned it earlier, oh, yeah. there was a woman, Hilda Yolanda Mayall. She was one of the people lucky enough to evade death that morning when she managed to escape one of the Twin Towers. I'm not sure which, but she worked in a restaurant oh, yeah. in one of them and she managed to escape. And like not just escaping death, but escaping like one of the biggest events of the last like 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the biggest thing, like the biggest tragedy that ever happened in New York. Two months later, uh, she decided to get even further away from debt because, like, I guess, you know, you don't want to be living in New York after all that. No. Uh, and she went back home to the Dominican uh, Republic. Uh, but unfortunately, the flight she booked was the doomed American Airlines flight which crashed into the New York borough of Queens on November 12th, where every passenger on board was killed. Oh, my God. Which, you know, one of the biggest air disasters in New York history, too. Yeah. She happened to be... Oh, that's insane. Like, those are almost... That one's almost creepy to me, where it's like, how can you survive Because that's literally 9/11? like... But that's, but that's literally like the week they started flying planes again. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. And like, that flight, I I remember that the the plane that crashed in Queens like that was like this never happens <laughs> like yeah yeah that's insane even when I remember like because nine the the final destination film that is based on a flight that happened a few years beforehand in New York as well there was a, a famous oh, really? sort of air disaster yeah don't think everybody on board was killed. But when I heard that that about Final Destination, this I assumed this was the flight that they were referring to. Yeah. And then yeah. when I saw, oh wait, Final Destination came out before nine eleven, but this yeah. happened after. But just, oh. I mean, just that's how famous this plane crash was. That yeah. yeah. Confuse it with what inspired. Yeah, that's crazy. Now I've kept maybe the best for last or the worst, depending on your outlook. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. This one's fucking. This one's. I'm going to warn you. This one's horribly sad. 
but crazy. Okay, I'll try not to laugh. Oh, you will, you definitely will not laugh at this one. Uh, so Jessica Redfield, she was a young uh, sports broadcaster and blogger from Texas. And in 2012, she survived the uh, mass shooting in Eaton Centre Mall in Toronto. Okay. Came out completely unharmed. Uh, and she was a blogger. So uh, some time after the shooting, she reflected on it in her blog where she wrote, I can't get this odd feeling off my chest. This empty, almost sickening feeling won't go away. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. How this weird feeling saved my life. And she goes on to say that uh, she had began to, when she was waiting in line in the mall for food, she began to feel unwell and just decided to leave to get some fresh air. Yeah. Now, I can't verify this, but apparently she passed the gunman at the door. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's true, but there is some evidence that she probably did because her receipt for her food says 6.20 p.m., the security camera footage of the gunman opening fire in the food court yeah. was 6.23. Wow. So she narrowly missed him. That's crazy. Uh, but she, So she was only out the door, and a few minutes later, she heard gunshots. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, in one of the saddest turn of events ever, yeah. the following month, oh. she was... This is fucking insane. She was among the 12 people killed at the Aurora Theatre Massacre. <gasps> No way. Isn't that insane? Like she had probably just built up the courage to go to like something like that, like a cinema, a mall again for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely mental. Like I couldn't get over it. That affected me for hours. How does that even happen? Like there was the chances of that. Like I didn't do any of this research, but I remember there was you know there was the big Vegas shooting there two years ago, I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ronda, yeah. There was one of the survivors of that was in another shooting like six months later as well. I remember reading an article about them. I was like, that's crazy. And like in a completely different part of the country because they were whatever, they're in Vegas on holidays, you know, because that's where you go on holidays. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's something even weirder about this because it's to survive one and then die in another. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, like to survive two is just insane anyway. But. Thankfully, most more people survive these situations than die. Yeah, thankfully. But yeah, it's just crazy, incredibly sad. Even before learning that she eventually was killed in a mass shooting, the story is already incredible that she like nar- so narrowly missed yeah. potentially dying in another one. The fact yeah. that there was three minutes of the difference between her deciding to leave, yeah, and yeah. like not even eat her food, <laughs> like <laughs> and. Uh. Man, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, so she was like, she had bought, say, like, whatever, McDonald's, where she done made her order and was waiting to, for, to yeah. be ready and then decided to just leave. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Unless she ate her food in three minutes, but I doubt that was the case. That's crazy. Though. Yeah, I think even, like, in her blog, she says she was, like, ordering a burger, but then she got sushi because it'd be quicker, and then she just couldn't wait, so she just, like, went outside. Uh, yeah. Something like that, but... Now, I'm not saying this was a final destination no, no, but... scenario. That'd be a horrible thing to suggest about an actual like tragedy like the Aurora shooting. Yep. But that, on paper, that that looks like the plot of a Final Destination movie. Yeah, yeah. Does all of them do? Well, sorry, except for the the girl being hidden by the being hit by the fire truck. That's just tragic. Um, where the the couple who avoided the fire. 
the couple, yeah, that one's probably actually the closest because they were on their yeah, own, yeah. like nobody else dies yeah. as a result. Um, imagine, like, I'm just thinking about that. Like, imagine just narrowly missing something that horrible. Like, that's that's like you know, you turn out of traffic and then a truck plays through all the cars or something. Like, it's just that kind of level of yeah, you just miss something awful happening. You know what I mean? Like, that's. Have you ever? had any anything close to a, a close call <laughs> um like a no a noticeable one at least probably just little ones like driving where like someone nearly hits you especially on the motorways going high speed because like that yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. where you just happen you pulled out and you're like oh jesus if i didn't turn my head at that time i wouldn't have saw that bus coming like yeah 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 exactly yeah whatever like um one used to freak me out the most was i i used to have a job probably about five six years ago now i had a job where i um i had to drive like st- i worked for a website and i used to drive the, on like stock from a couple of different um from our, our different i'm trying to I'm, yeah, I'm you're try- speaking like you're trying to speak in code like you were dealing drugs <laughs> no no i'm trying to think of a way to explain the job because i did loads of different things but basically i had to go like collect stock from our different locations to fill online orders and I had a van, so like every day I do the length of the M50 and back, which is like the big ring motorway that goes around Dublin City. And every day I do the length of it both ways, and every day I see an accident I, I, going each way, mm. basically. Um, like because one would be the morning, and one coming back in the evening. By the time I'm going back, and because I'd be stopping off different locations and then getting back on the road um, and stuff like that. And every day I saw an accident and I would just be like, it's only a matter of time because I'm doing this same journey every day. And and I just thought like statistically I'm I'm getting narrower and narrower and closer and closer to being one of those statistics, you know, of being like one of those people who, who crashes every day. Um, and that used to yeah, really. I do think me about out. that an awful lot. That yeah. used to just freak me. Yeah, out. the more you do something, yeah. But then the same can be said for everything. Like I'm sure, like very few people are killed by, I don't know, a guitar falling on them <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But you know, the more you play guitar, the more likely you're to be that one of those the nine people globally a year that die in that yeah, yeah. sort of an insane accident. How many people die a year, like, boiling an egg or something, you know, <laughs> making toast? Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure there is, like, two a year. And the more you do it, the closer you are. To... It's like people often throw that around as, like, an argument against guns where they're like, oh, you know, you're more likely to die if you own a gun than if you don't. And you're like, well, of course, because, like, yeah. gun accidents don't tend to happen with non-gun owners. So automatically, just by owning one, you're more yeah, likely. Yeah, but then it's like... It's like I mean, saying because like you drive if, a car, like you know, you're more likely to be in a car accident. But you could say it w- with the most ridiculous stuff ever, or like house cats. You know, like there are because I read before eleven people a year. Or I think it's actually eleven people, eleven Americans a year are killed by their pet cat. Wow! But like, I don't own a cat, and neither do you. So we're nil. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's same argument. Yeah. yeah. Is that like the cats full on attacking them, or them like being a trip hazard? And I think suffocation it might oh, be oh yeah like they fall asleep on your face so, yeah so who knows if it's I assume it's older people that maybe I assume the cats have a plan and they're taking over I assume if a cat's sleeping on your face and you're suffocating it it knew what it was doing yeah yeah definitely they're evil bastards 
because actually i imagine tripping like just accidents of like tripping over a cat it's probably actually more yeah so do you think you could survive final destination by just going on a killing spree (laughs) yeah i think we've got that solved i think this is actually one of our easiest (laughs) and most enjoyable (laughs) Um, no, I think I think that's fucking genius, Johnny. I actually think that's brilliant. Like, so you need to you need to figure out the pattern, and then your job is to fuck up the pattern. Yeah, but do you think then, it would, like, if we're doing it, if you're just fucking up the pattern by killing one person in another order? Because look, obviously we're joking. We wouldn't really kill somebody, but in this scenario, if you don't do it, they are going to die anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. But if you do it. Does it really change the pattern? Because this is the yeah. thing. The end of the film, they survive. They, uh, the, the three survivors, they, they fly to Vancouver and go to a French restaurant for some reason. No, they go to, they go to Paris. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I fell for that one. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Proud of that. But yeah, so, well, they're meant to be in Paris, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I just have not seen as many pine trees in Paris. <laughs> I don't think I ever actually saw pine trees in this shot. I just was definitely yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. that I've never been to Vancouver, but I know Vancouver when I see it in the <laughs> film. Yeah, and that's where we learned that they essentially didn't, like, they didn't change anything. Basically, yeah. So, in conclusion, they kind of, the three that survive is your man, the jock, I can't think of his name, and Claire and Alex. And because they each avoid their death and then they think that's it they're in the clear which i think is kind of funny because they've no reason to believe that because they've already avoided their death once and then 39 days later they all started being picked off so mm. and then for some reason this re- this time it's six months and they're in paris and so I, d- I don't know about you but if i narrowly missed a plane crash like that i would never get on a plane ever again or would you look or would you look at it well it, it almost happened once there's no way it can happen again I might have before, but looking at uh, those stories I just read out yeah. to you, <laughs> probably not. No, I think like the the camera head in me would be like, look, statistically, look, you're so unlikely to ever die in a plane crash yeah. anyway. That like to even come close to one, you're it's almost impossible for you to go down yeah. again. But I think I don't know human nature. I don't think I'd be able to get on all the same not six months later and not with the not with the same no, no and not to paris i get why you would want to do it because yeah it's kind of unfinished business. well i wouldn't want to go to paris anyway but <laughs> sorry i just told it would be funny to come down on paris a lot in this episode <laughs> france is quite nice We're in vancouver however <laughs> <laughs> is everything still shot in vancouver i don't know Used to be such a big t- I'm sure Supernatural. Still oh yeah, is. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. For people that don't know, Vancouver used to be where every TV show or like mid-ranged teen movie yeah, was shot. And um, is it Vancouver? They always fake for New York. I think. Well, I think they just fake it for yeah. everywhere. Supernatural had that amazing episode they where they to, oh, faked Hollywood for, but just kept calling attention to the fact that it was clearly Vancouver. Like at the end when. Sam and Dean are walking off and Dean's just like man I love this city and you just see a bunch of pine trees in the distance <laughs> no the, the ending shot is the car driving down like all the, the trees it's like they're meant to be Hollywood it's so funny um, yeah oh. is that what I just said no you said, I, you said walking I was like they're driving oh okay 
Yeah. That crucial detail. <laughs> no, I recently watched that episode because it's so funny. Um, but so anyway, so in their version, I don't they don't necessarily cheat that. It just means it starts back from the beginning again, I guess. Yeah, but they get they get a free six months out of it for whatever yeah. reason. So. Which goes back to the theory that I think that's what Tony Todd's character is doing. He's just extending yeah. it by he's become so good at cheating that that he's just extending it, and that's why he knows all this shit. Yeah, yeah. and that's probably why because I don't like you said he's not wearing clothes or anything. He's clearly not the actual mortician. <laughs> so he was in there maybe just I don't know getting more like because l- he can probably learn more about that from examining other victims i don't know but yeah i think there's definitely something to that yeah and he's he's clearly very comfortable around the dead and uh but he's definitely not the mortician like there's no way now i think maybe if you kill somebody that's completely unrelated to to your scenario that maybe then you could fuck up death's plans enough that it won't come back to you for a good while yeah i like that one that you're saying it's just great kill some randomer because <laughs> They, because they wouldn't have been killed if you had died, so you're totally fucking up the whole pattern. Yeah, like then you fuck it up too much, where that's just like, oh well, the gloves are off now. You fucked up my plans, so everybody that was meant to die before this drifter is fair game now. Or then that's that's the point where you piss him off so much that he just appears in front of you and bare knuckle boxes you to death. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have to train for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an old timey boxing fight. Yeah. We're dead. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is completely off topic, but uh, we're wrapping up, so it doesn't really matter. Have you ever seen that episode of The Twilight Zone where Death takes a holiday? Um, no, I don't think so. It's really good. It's just like Death. Just t- he takes a day off. He's like, I can't remember the, the reason exactly, but he's just like feeling down and he just like befriends like a, a guy and tells him that he's dead and the guy doesn't believe him so he takes a day off and uh, everything and just falls dies. to shit well because nobody dies things it everything t- turns out worse like yeah, yeah. it's good it did in the reboot of twilight zone they re it's it's an original episode but they remade it i was gonna say that is it they remade it with uh jason alexander you know from uh... seinfeld Ah, very good. Both versions are very good. Oh, I'm totally going to look that up. That sounds cool. But yes, yeah, so I think we could survive if we uh, just give up our humanity completely and <laughs> yeah. uh, just start killing people. <laughs> and then I think the best way to avoid death is to become death itself. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I think we just keep that, yeah, that, yeah. that solves it. We, to avoid that, you just become that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good ending. Very um, grim, very grim take. But uh, yeah, if anybody from uh, New Line is listening and wants us to write a sequel, I think we have some ideas. Yeah, we'd be delighted. Yeah. And, um, I imagine there's a, a remake or reboot of that right around the corner. Oh, definitely. Maybe not yeah. now with COVID, because there's yeah. nothing around the corner. But The whole movie will happen through Zoom. Um... Yeah, there's enough horror movies that have done that. Yeah. Oh, oh wait. Oh, my God. 20 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Final Destination creator confirms another film is in the works. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to read it. But there you go. This article from twenty hours ago. We Arr. forgot to mention as well that this movie was uh, originally meant to be an X Files episode. Oh really? Yeah. It was the treatment was a an X Files episode. Oh, and, that um, makes sense. 
the writer wrote it on spec and yeah. one of the X-Files showrunners was just like, oh, no, you should just make this a feature. I'll direct it. And then they just made a, a movie out of it. Ah, that's cool. I did not know that. But uh, we survive. And is there anything anything more to add? No, just to tell people to um, subscribe and rate us and uh, join us on Discord and you'll find us on Twitter. is probably the best place to get in touch if you're not on For Discord. For updates yeah. and that. Yeah, but Discord, join our Discord because we actually talk to people yeah, we, there. I, like, I've, I have the mobile app. You can pretty much chat to me like 20 hours a day on Discord. Especially uh, during COVID. Because it's not like yeah. you have anything better to be doing when you're at home. No. <laughs> the uh the, the rating and reviews though on apple podcasts or wherever you can review us they help us greatly uh they help us uh cheat debt every day so if you could do that uh that'd be much appreciated you can leave a uh just a, a star rating you don't have to write a review but yeah. uh that's nice too yeah we like to know what people think it's yeah. always nice to hear you know and if what you think is negative like Say you, you, you have some complaints with the show that you've always wanted to voice, but uh, you thought, oh, I don't really want to, I don't want to be negative to the guys. Well, like, give us a five-star rating and then just lay out all your grievances in the review. That'd be a, a nice way to uh, <laughs> yeah. to ease the sting. So uh, you could do That's it that radio. way to give a, a hint to next week's episode. Join us on Discord and uh, don't be a stranger. That <laughs> 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 was that... I don't even know what I'm doing. No, I, don't <laughs> I thought that'd sound more clever. Uh, yeah, all I'd say is stay safe and be prepared. Have a nice apocalypse. <laughs>